very quickly if you have your bibles turn to psalm 24 i do have glasses on now and i can see some of you the glare is a little blinding i wasn't prepared for that you already get a glare from my head now you get a glare from my glasses and so i apologize for the double portion of glare Psalm 24, verse 7 through 10. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, one I've not read from here publicly, but it just says it so well and so capably, and it also is the exact version God used to confirm what we will be discussing this morning. Psalm 24, verses 7 through 10 from the New Living Translation Is Rabbi Pinto here? No? Okay. Psalm 24, verse 7 says this, Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors. And let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? He's the Lord, strong and mighty. He is the Lord, invincible in battle. Somebody say invincible in battle. If you didn't know, that means he can't be beaten. He's invincible in battle. He's never been beaten. That's the king of glory. Verse 9 goes on to say, open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. It is time for ancient gates to be broken off their hinges forever. They've been allowed to stand, but now the one that has allowed them to stand says their time is over, and he's blowing them off the hinges. Open up, ancient gates, and open ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter with the help of his spirit and only by his unction I want to speak to you from this entitled thought God's gates and the king of glory God's little g gates and the king of glory he is here his angels are here and he will enter and he will break what every false god has built because he is a mighty king in battle there is no devil that can stand before him there is no gate or impediment that can stop him he is sovereign he is holy and he is here he is the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Israel. And his will shall be done in this earth and in your life. Just open up. All you have to do is open up the door. The gate's coming down, but you've got to open the door. That's why he said, I stand and knock at the door because he already blew the gate wide open. 
because you didn't put the gate up a false god a little g put the gate up but the big g is knocking the gate down with his help alone god's gates and the king of glory can you lift your hands all over this house lord jesus we come before you you are the one the king the only living god who set the course of the stars not only do you know them by name but you know their course they have kept for more years than we can calculate you and you alone are god in this house god of our life god of northgate pentecostals and god of this earth and we pray that you and you alone have your sovereign will in this place usher us into an unparalleled and an unprecedented level of unction that we may declare your heart and mind as never before that we may know you be in all of you become like you and release who you are all over this world in every city in every nation in every tribe in every ethnicity in every place that our feet step let your presence be released from us in the name of jesus we pray amen can you clap your hands before you're seated thank you jesus god is so good I have to, don't really have, I don't have a sermon for you. I really stopped caring about sermons quite some time ago. Thank you, my brother. You're so kind. Thank you. Stopped caring about pretty sermons and all of that very, very long time ago, well before I ever came here. But I do want to share a revelation with you that the Lord has been so kind and gracious to give me and to share with you. And it starts with a vision that I had right here in this very church, May the 22nd, 2022, just a few weeks back. It was in worship. We got the best worship team and the best worship pastor in all the land. Anybody agree with that in the house this morning? Think that's irrefutable? And as we were worshiping, it was, the one, it was that Sunday where it was just so incredibly thick and deep. It was just mind-blowing. And I was just on my knees before the Lord. And he gave me this very vivid vision that has stuck with me very much and in this vision the lord took me and i was standing before this very old gate very tall very broad very big and powerful and intimidating if we're being honest and this gate had red on it, it was made of wood of course very thick timbers incredibly ancient gate it was covered in red, but it also had gold on it, and it had a symbol right in the middle, a symbol that I only just now identified with a missionary friend of mine from an Asian nation uh, just this morning. And I had never seen this symbol before. Uh, I, I didn't remember it. I didn't recall it. I was very confused at first. I thought it was Latin. I thought maybe it was Greek. I knew it wasn't Hebrew. And so it was confusing, but this gate was just there, and it was very imposing, and there were countless souls trapped behind it and the lord brought me to it and he told me to stretch my hand toward it just like this that's all i did i did nothing i stretch my hand and then the moment my hand gets fully extended god blows the gate completely off its hinges and it disappears so violent and so powerful it was like 
an incredible charge of Simtex had been placed on the hinges of this gate, and it just blew off its hinges and vanished. And so we went in. There was a team of people with me, and we went into this gate, and there were people behind the gate in the doors. Remember, open ancient gates and then open ancient doors. That's individual choices, individual houses and homes. They can choose to be extracted from evil and darkness, or they can choose to remain behind. And so we entered this gate, and we were going after anyone that wanted to be liberated. And the people that wanted to be liberated, they all appeared like silhouettes, and they began to light up. They were glowing on the inside. And we knew by that that they were hungry. They weren't perfect. They didn't have all the doctrine figured out. They didn't look like church folk. They just had some light on the inside of them. They were lighting up. They were glowing. And we went to them, and they came to us. They were just, it was very easy. They just gravitated toward us, came to us, and then we went out. And as we were leaving, I turned and looked, and there were hordes of people that remained dark that chose to stay. And we see that in the book of Revelation. When God shakes heaven and earth, and they know it's him, and they know they can't beat him, and they refuse to worship him. It's right there in the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ at the end of the Bible. And it it troubled me, but God very quickly soothed my mind and said, only the ones that are glowing. We took them out, and then behind that gate, there was a long series of gate after gate after gate, and it was endless. That was the rest of the mission, and the vision ceased, and the vision stopped. The very next day, May 23rd, 2022, I'm seated in my car watching my uh, youngest son, Malachi, at football practice. And a powerful missionary to China sent me Psalm 24, the psalm that I read for you as our opening text. I wasn't even thinking about that verse. I'd completely forgotten about that verse. And out of the blue, my friend sends me this message. It says, open up, ancient gates. Open up, ancient doors. A powerful, incredible missionary to China who's been over there for decades and done powerful works for God. He's about to see things he's never seen in his life in the kingdom of Almighty God because that first gate was China. Now, I want you to pay attention. Watch what happens in the near future concerning China and Chinese culture or nations that are predominantly Chinese, Taiwan, Singapore, others. Watch what happens in those nations. God has powerful, great, and mighty things in store for Asia, especially Chinese nations. Watch what happens. Just watch. Just pay attention. It's going to be powerful. The first part of Psalm 24, though, shows us that these gateways and these ancient strongholds are every nation, every tribe, every culture represented on earth. It was an endless list. Places that have been shut off to the gospel for thousands of years are going to open miraculously by the power of God. 
people that you didn't think would ever be able to come out of darkness will come out of darkness. People from lifestyles that you probably have written off and maybe even protested are going to come walking out of darkness in chains as never before. People you would never imagine, never predict, and never think that there could be any light going on on the inside of their soul and spirit. I'm going to prophesy to you, it's already there. It's already flickering. They're already sick of the misery that they feel and contend with on a daily basis. And they're looking for answers. And the God of the Bible has been misrepresented to them. So go to them in love. Go to them in perfect love and watch God blow down the gates. And watch the doors open. Because it's perfect love that takes the gate off its hinges. And then the people behind the doors, when they see it, they start to crack that door a little bit. They want to come out. They want to get beyond the darkness and the misery and the bondage that they wouldn't say anything about on social media, but they contend with every night before they go to bed. It chokes them in the night. It cuts them in the night. It's why they have chemical addictions, because they're just trying to silence the pain. They're just trying to numb the voices that come to them, devouring their inner peace and devouring their souls. But perfect love blows that gate wide open, and those doors are starting to crack all over this world and earth and all over this nation. Be looking for it. Be mindful for it, and you'll start to see it people you would write off immediately if you were church folk because they look unseemly and unsightly and rough far too lost to be found you don't know the misery they contend with every night of their life and God is saying, if you want to be free, you can be free right now. You can be free today. You don't have to contend and fight with depression anymore. You can be free today. You can be healed of trauma. You can be healed of abuse. You can be healed of all manner of childhood trauma. Neglect and hurt, you can be freed and liberated from it now. It was nation after nation. It was culture after culture. National boundaries and insular cultures that have been created by lifestyles, not just nations. It was unbelievably powerful and an incredible confirmation, and God is doing it. But the first part of Psalm 24 says this, the earth is the Lord's. That means every gate built is alien, illegal, synthetic, and a trespasser. It doesn't belong there. And it doesn't get to stay. And it's our job to go withstand the gates, not the people, the spiritual strongholds, so that the people can be free. 
One of my heroes, his name is T.W. Barnes, he read an article, something similar to what the Uvalde school shooting was like, I'm sure, something that made him so sick at his stomach. And he threw his newspaper down, this was many, many years ago, he threw his newspaper down and he looked up to the Lord and he said, where were you, God? Why did you let this happen? And God immediately spoke to him and said, don't you dare ask me where I was. He said, you go to the church in that city and you ask them where they were. He said, because I gave them all power. I gave the church the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I gave it to my people. It's my good pleasure, said the Lord, to give my children the kingdom. So you go knock on their door and you ask them where they were. That sobered me up. That stirred me greatly. He said he threw himself down and began to ask God to forgive him. And then ask him, how can I reach my city? How can we reach our city? How can we make sure people feel the love they need so they don't become monsters? How do we ensure nobody's around to bully them into madness and homicidal rage? Because perfect love is dominant in our city. Solomon said, I live in a city without Satan. Solomon said that. There was a time when Jerusalem had no evil. Jerusalem had no darkness. God gave them rest on every side from every enemy. And I want you to know if that was possible in the Old Testament. What is possible now in the New Testament promise of God? What's possible now? And so it is our job and our responsibility to shower every relationship with the same perfect love that we have received and change this world one relationship at a time. That's why we push small groups because the kingdom is released in the context of relationships. And it comes at the speed of your healthy relationships. And if you can't love and you can't forgive and you can't maintain good friendships, you're not ready for the kingdom. Because that's what it takes. That's what it takes. The earth is the Lord's. And everything, tell your neighbor everything. Everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. The world and all its people belong to him. That means when you see other people, the first thing you need to see is the image of our father. Not their social class or status. Not their ethnicity. Not the culture they represent. You see the face of your father in that individual first. Because you've never seen a person God didn't love. It's unbelievably imperative that we live that out. The world and all its people belong to him. Because open gates lead to open doors. And God's already blown many gates wide open. And we have to make sure that we rush in. When a SEAL team breaches a compound and they blow the hinges off of that door they don't stand outside 
play tiddlywinks and chat. When that door gets blown open, a breacher is going in to liberate, to, res- to get hostages out, to eliminate hostiles. That's what they're doing. In the spirit realm, we're looking at some gates that have been blown wide open, and we're just standing agape and in awe. We're not rushing in. God said, I need some first tier one assaulters to go in there. I need some breachers to run through the door and find the people that need to be extracted. It's time to be an army, not a collective that just talks about the values we already know, throws red meat out at people, slap each other on the back in our comfort zones and call that church. We need some people that are willing to become soldiers for the kingdom of God. It starts by connecting with people you might not be comfortable with at first. Loving people that everybody else has written off. When you find out somebody's fallen, ye that are spiritual, don't talk about them. Go to them and restore such a one. Restore them. In a spirit of gentleness and meekness, restore them. Don't talk about them and write them off and post about them and preach about them. Restore them, if at all possible. Restore them. Because the earth is the Lord's. And everything therein, the world and all its people, belong to him. The open gate is the stronghold. The gate itself is the stronghold. The generational curses are just the symptoms of the false god. That's all that is. And when the generational curses are being broken, you know what that means? The gate's been busted. The God's been defeated. The false God that set up the gate is already in retreat. Because you can't take the false God down, but Jesus legally already has. And when he is with you, he does the fighting through you. And you just go in and get the people. Connect with them. Love them. Disciple them. Let them know there's hope. There's perfect love awaiting them. There's grace awaiting them. You believe in them. You know they can make it. When they have a bad day, it's not the end of their life. It's not the end of their season. It's not the end of their comeback. It's part of the journey. It's part of being human. We need to extend this hope to people because so many people are struggling with their mental health and struggling with their emotional health and stability. I'll tell you one of the symptoms. Ethnic division and racism. It is a symptom of an ancient gate. It's all over the world. It's not just in America. If you've not traveled the world, let me tell you. We've lived all over it. We've traveled all over it. Ethnic division is everywhere. It's not just America. There are ethnicities you've never even heard of that are at war with each other right now. They don't like each other. Something about it. They just don't like each other. You know why? Mostly they don't like each other. They don't hang out with each other. They don't spend time with each other. 
They just stay in their echo chamber and label the other camp. They're this and we're this, and that's why we don't mix. But if you integrate and assimilate and connect and have a conversation, you'll find out you got a lot more in common than you thought you had. And then you'll start to see the image of your father show up in the countenance of that beautiful person. But this is a symptom of an ancient gate, and the gate is the source, and the ungodly behavior is the symptom. And some people may feel it's worse than ever. But what God showed me this morning is it's only because the false God that put up that gate knows that the God says that gate's coming down. Well, I wish more people than that believed what I just said in this house this morning. I truly do. Because that gate has been ravaging the society of America for far too long. And God says it's time for people to love each other like they've never loved each other before. To cross ethnic lines, cross cultural boundaries, and love each other with the perfect love of Jesus Christ. It's time. We're seeing it done here in beautiful ways, but this is just the beginning. Just the beginning. Let me tell you what John 13 and 35 says from the New King, James, New King James Version. It says this very powerfully, very succinctly. By this, Jesus says. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. He's not going to say, by your dress code, by your doctrine, By your favorite parts of the Bible that you call your core beliefs instead of the entire Bible. He says, by this, all will know. Tell your neighbor, all will know. That you are my disciples. If, biggest word in the Bible again, if you have love for one another. It's Pentecost Sunday. You know what happened at the first Pentecost? Because that wasn't Acts 2. Sinai. Some people think Pentecost was just Acts 2. No, Acts 2 was very powerful, paradigm shifting, kind of a big deal, but it wasn't the first Pentecost. The first Shavuot was at Sinai. And at the first day of Pentecost, the Jewish histories record that Israel heard God's voice in every language. So at Sinai, when God audibly introduced himself to his people, they heard that introduction in every language from the Tower of Babel. That's 70 plus Hebrew, 71 languages. Think about that. So at the first Pentecost, God introduced himself in tongues representing every cultural group in every ethnicity on earth. Unbelievably powerful. At the day of Pentecost, when it had fully come, 
recorded in the book of Acts chapter 2. They heard God's praises. How? In tongues. In every language represented on earth at that time. Because from day one of this Pentecostal experience, God was serving hell notice that he was tearing down the gate of cultural division and racism. From day one, he was letting them know, you're not going to hate the Samaritans anymore, my Jewish friends. Because there's no Greek and no Jew no Scythian or barbarian. We're all one in this blood I shed for all humanity. And the only color that matters is the color red. It's priority red. The blood that was shed at Golgotha's Hill. It connects us all. It joins us all. It unifies us all. There's power, there's healing coming relationally to those in America that hunger for it. You will see it. Study the history of the Pentecostal movement that began at Azusa Street. Study it for yourselves. Google it. Study it. Read. Look at the ethnic diversity when it all began. It wasn't just one homogenous color. It was everybody, all together, preferring no other culture above another. It was everybody in unity, praying, loving, worshiping, seeking God, seeing miracles, worshiping in prayer. Worship in prayer. And then some prophecy and the prophetic gifts flowing. That was the beginning of Pentecost in this country. And then the fear of man crept in. And division began. Started listening to each other. Wanted to become like the groups that had societal acceptance. That were segregated. And something dreadful happened. Segregation happened and everybody grouped up in their own comfort zones and God is saying I'm about to blow that gate off its hinges as never before in this world and in this nation of America he's bringing healing in his perfect love it's one of the first ones that are going. That's why you hear it so much right now. Because there's resistance from the enemy. He knows his time is just about up. Because if we can get together like we were together at Azusa Street, my friend. If we can stay together and love each other and have diversity and have inclusion and have all of those beautiful things. Hell knows it can't stop what God can release to a church that loves each other despite differences. Despite differences. Do you know it is a law in Jewish culture and in Torah that the altar, that the fire of God would fall on cannot be made of hewn stone. Do you know why? 
because you and stone, once you start cutting stones, they all start looking exactly alike. And God said, that's not the altar my fire is going to fall on. You take the stones and you let them be unique. You let this stone partner up with this one. And you let this one be compatible with that one. And you seek compatibility and cooperation. And you leave behind competition. And you become something that you never could become on your own. But God literally said, my fire, holy fire, refuses to fall on an altar of total uniformity. I will only fall, said the Lord, on an altar of diversity. You think about that for a moment. Don't have time to elaborate any further, but you just think about that for a moment, please. Let it marinate in your spirit. Those gates are coming down because those gates are enemies of the will of God in our nation. Not just ethnic, but political as well. Did you know that Republicans can pray for Democrats? Did you know that? Did you know that a Democrat and a Republican could be friends in the house of God, in the kingdom of God, vote for different people but still love each other? Were you aware that that was possible? Because modern America doesn't want you to think that's possible. On either side, they don't want you to think it's possible, but it's possible because perfect love makes difficult things very possible. Open up ancient gates and open up ancient doors. Those doors are individuals' relational healing across all types of dividing lines. All types. Ancient gates are set in place because of partnership with ancient gods. So we have to look at that. Gods. It shows up in the Bible all the time. You hear it in culture now. People do something great and they think they're a god, right? We got music stars that think they're gods. We've got athletes that think they're gods. And they say this. They're, they're very open with it. And what they mean is little g gods, right? This is all in the Bible, by the way. The Bible talks about false gods, little gods. Mostly it means angels. If you really study the etymology of the term and the context, it usually just refers to angels, and there are only two types of angels. There's not a third classification. It does not exist. There are only two. Angels are either with God or against him. There is no in-between. There isn't a group of people trying to figure it out that are going to vote later. That does not exist. All right? So Genesis 3 and 5 is the first time God's little g is mentioned. It shows up as a separate, very separate in meaning from Elohim, which is actual God. So the first time you see the word for God, Elohim, which is plural, right? It's at the very first sentence of the Bible. Bereshith bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created. He's singular created, but Elohim is plural because he's a plural in wonder. He's a plurality in wonder, in awe, but he's a singularity in existence. And so that's what it's telling us. And then you see again in Genesis 3 and 5, you see the same word, but it's very different. It's not the same. It's lowercase g. There are no capital letters in Hebrew. But in English, we see it as lowercase g. Gods. They show up as separate in meaning from actual God. 
So instead of just saying little g all the time, I'll just say false God and actual God, okay? Because the angels that are with God are not interested in being gods. They're servants of the most high God. They don't want worship. They don't want attention. Most of the time, you don't even know they're there because they have no business becoming gods. They don't want to be. They're not interested in that. So there are only two sides to the supernatural, God and God's. There's no benign realm of white magic. That's not real. You don't get to use magic, false gods, and incantations to do good. That's not real. So, hate to break it to Harry Potter fans, but that's fake. There's no good wizard. And if you'd ever met a witch or a wizard, you would know that. But that doesn't exist, all right? We've run into them overseas far more than once, and I've yet to meet the one that just wanted to have espresso and chit-chat because they wanted to be cool. There's no white magic. Doesn't exist. You're either being escorted to and through the supernatural as you walk with our God and his angels, or... You're being escorted by false gods. And that's all there is to it. There's only two sides, and that's what you got. So if you're dabbling in magic and witchcraft, but you think it's for good things and good purposes, you're just dabbling with magic and witchcraft. And it's demon spirits you're entertaining. And you need to understand that. Because that's the reality of the spirit realm. Okay? So when you enter the supernatural, you're either being escorted and given access because you're not doing it with your flesh. You're not hip enough. You're not cool enough. You don't look good enough to just enter the spirit realm in your own flesh. You're either being escorted through by God or gods. In Genesis 3 and 5, we see something incredibly powerful. Just bear with me a moment here as we build some foundation and context. Genesis 3 and 5 Satan tells Eve, your eyes will be opened and you will become like gods. You'll become like fallen angels. It can only be fallen angels because loyal angels don't care about being gods. So he's saying you'll become like fallen angels, knowing good and evil. That's the first red flag. I already know perfect good. So if I take your deal, the only thing I get is to know evil. Bad deal from its inception. But he says, you'll have your eyes opened. I've never seen this before. God just gave me this revelation. Watch what he's doing. The word in Hebrew for eyes open, if you live, if you could just put up that Hebrew slide. That is the word for having your eyes opened. Having your eyes opened. It speaks to perception, but not just perception, also speaking. Because these three letters are very powerful. And that word literally means pay is the first letter on the far right, goes right to left, not left to right. Pay is that first letter, and it means mouth or to speak. Kuf is the middle letter, and it means to imitate. Het is the last letter, and it means life. Look what he's saying. 
You speak and imitate life. But you already speak, walk with, and imitate the holy light and life. So what is he trying to get them to do? Cross over into their level of life. So they speak and imitate a lower level of life instead of continuing to walk with the ultimate source of life, the creator of life. That's what he's doing in this moment. They already knew authentic life. The devil just gave them a lower level to speak, imitate, and connect to. The same illusion works today. We can know life, the God of life, the King of life, the Lord of life, the light of life, or we can speak and imitate the lower language of the life the world culture projects. Two different levels of life. He said, you already have life, but why don't you check out life on a different level? He didn't tell him it was a lower level. He just told him it was a different level. That's why you need to watch who you're talking to, who you're connecting with, and what they're saying. And that's why the Bible says, don't get diplomatic with the devil. Rebuke the devil. Don't start a dialogue with the devil. Quote the word of God to a devil. It's what Jesus did. He didn't argue with him. He finally dismissed him and got sick of him. But he just said, the word says, ba 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 ba. Just take him to the word. You cannot argue with him. He's been here thousands of years watching humanity. You and your 20, 30 years of whatever you got going on is not going to win a debate with a false god. But this does every single time. It's not a debate. It's a beatdown because you take them to the source of spiritual power and authority. And you know, I'm not standing on my own power. I stand on his. I stand on my father's. So he's trying to get them, same thing today, same illusion, connect to the language and speak, imitate and speak a lower language of life that the world culture projects. Well, where does that come from? The Bible tells us, we don't have to guess, Ephesians 2 and 2 from the Amplified tells us where world culture comes from. It says this, in which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the course and fashion of this world. You were under the sway of the tendency of this present age. Following, who set the sway? It tells us. Following the prince of the power of the air. That's the enemy. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience. The careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. So he's telling us, the Bible is telling us plainly, the course of the world is set by the prince and power of the air. That's why the most popular songs probably don't have the best content and lyrics. That's why the most popular shows probably don't have the best content either. They're not all evil, but watch what is happening. Watch what it connects you to. Watch the level of life that's being put up before you 
because it doesn't change. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden and a conversation with the serpent. It doesn't change. It's the same old tactic. It's the same old thing. There are levels to life. The Greeks tell us this. There are three levels to life all found within the pages of the Bible in the New Testament, of course, which is written in Greek. The first is bios. Then I'm going to say psyche. How you say that in actual Greece is confirmed by a friend that grew up in Athens and speaks Greek as her first language. I could pronounce it. You would never know it's that word. Bios, psyche, and zoe. Those are the three levels of life. In Jesus when he is quoted in the New Testament, every time he talks about abundant life, eternal life, the life he came to give, he says, I came that you might have zoe, abundant life, supernatural life. Very powerful. Bios, where we get and derive the word biology later, several iterations to get there, but where we get the word biology, is physical life, lifespan, the state of merely existing, just your physical being. If it feels good, do it. Sound familiar? It's very primal, and it's very animalistic. You just do anything that feels good. So gone is loyalty, gone is discipline, and the only thing that rules is your appetite and the things you're hungry for at that moment. Brutalizes relationships, certainly makes marriage impossible if you just live at the level of bios. Psyche is the realm of the mind, the emotions, the heart, and the soul. It's a next step up in the levels of life. Many world religions stimulate the psyche and feed it with false or partial light. Shamanism, Baha'ism, many other isms, religions, and faiths, tenets, and philosophies feed the psyche partial light. But partial light is not full light. Remember that rat poison contains 98% ingredients that are very healthy and beneficial for the rat. It's the 2% that gets them. Partial light isn't full light. Bending scripture is what the enemy does. So you get something that's true and then a whole bunch of stuff that really clouds your spirit and binds your soul. That's how it works. That's how deception works. They'll bring in some good tenets from Eastern religions that really have their origins in Jewish thought, and then they'll mix it with a lot of mysticism and shamanism and false gods and false deities and spells and incantations. But you think, well, it's okay because we started over here, but you're not over there anymore. You're way over here with tarot cards and magic and incantations and nonsense you don't have any business messing with. The psyche feels... Like it's receiving revelation when anything comes to it from the spirit realm. It's very interesting. This is the side of existence that deception flows into very powerfully. 
And this would have felt illuminated by the words the serpent spoke to Eve. It's kind of like people that sell half-truths with really cool quotes. Like it's about relationship and not religion. That's halfway true. But leads you and can lead you to a dark place. Because the Bible says religion pure and undefiled is to love orphans and widows and beautiful things. Religion will keep you doctrinally sound. Religion will also help you with discipline. And you tell me what relationship has any value without boundaries, guidelines, rules, and exclusivity. You don't want to be in a marriage like that, so why would you want a God like that? So they sell things that sound good to the psyche, but the entire time they're Binding the soul. Taking the soul into darkness. Taking the soul into a place it can't grow because it's not giving you zoe, it's giving you bios and psyche. It's not giving you all life, it's giving you partial life. It's not giving you all light, it's giving you partial light. Deception feels like revelation because it's spiritually induced. The Bible says they will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons in 1 Timothy 4. You don't give heed to the doctrine of a demon if the demon isn't speaking to you somehow. So it's spiritually induced because it came from a false god. And if you're not careful, your psyche will light up and you'll think you're receiving revelation when all that's happening is you're receiving deception. Can I tell you the devil does not want you to hear this this morning? Because God is exposing his plan and his tactics. And once he's exposed, he knows he has no power. That's what's happening. He has no power once he is exposed. But deception feels like revelation. Be mindful of that. Be careful of that. Because it's spiritually induced by false gods. And truth be told, most of us follow our emotions most of the time and not the voice of God. Look no further than the world of dating for confirmation of this. I've seen some intelligent people be led into a place where they is, there are, they're as dumb as a box of rocks in that moment. Not totally, not holistically. Smart people, but everyone they date's the right one until the first fight, and then they're the devil. They were a sheep. They were a wolf in sheep's clothing. Well, your discernment didn't pick that up when you were telling me God told you to date them and all this other stuff God was telling you about them. Do you see what happens? We're being led by our psyche, not Zoe. We're being led by our emotions, not the voice of God. So many people come to us all the time. God told me this. God told me that. I felt this. I felt that. I got this confirmation. going to date them. going to get married. I'm like, whoa. Wait. Like you just met. You're mainly like texting people. You could be having a relationship with an algorithm, and you don't even know it. 
Stop. Have you looked in this person's eyes face to face? Are there anybody in your relationship circle that intersects with their relationship circle where maybe you could get some feedback? Like, are they a terrible person? So many things. But because the psyche is illuminated and the emotions are going wild, decision-making goes I'm not going to say south because we live in the south and I feel like it's bad to say things go south and that's a very negative connotation. But I mean, things go bad. They go off the rails. They go off the rails mightily, violently, because we're just being led by our emotions. And let me tell you this. This will help you. If you've never heard God say no or not yet, you haven't been talking to him. You've been in a conversation with your psyche. You've been talking to your emotions. It's amazing because so many people, God tells them yes to everything because it's really not God. I had someone tell me several years ago, God told them they could go back to drugs. I said, wow. So the same God that delivered me from drugs is saying you can go back to them because you got some issues? No, it's a sin problem. Don't go back to drugs. Don't go back to alcohol. Don't go back to anything God brought you out of. I wasn't God talking to you. You need to go back to that environment you heard that and say, hey, I know you're not God. You've been exposed. Now I'm ready to hear from my king. He'll tell me what's right for me and what's best for me. If you never heard him say no, not yet, wait, or that was wrong, go tell him sorry. You probably haven't been talking to him. But Jesus didn't say He came to give us a higher level of bios or psyche. He said he came to give us zoe and zoe more abundantly. Life. God wants to break many of you. You don't have to raise your hand because this is not about being demoralized. This is about being delivered. God wants to save you from the things you're doing to numb the pain in your heart and your spirit. From trauma, abuse, betrayal, and dysfunction. Because I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that a chemical can't make you feel better for a little bit. Because it does, and he brought me out of that life. He brought a lot of us out of that life. But you're numbing the pain. You're not healing the wound. And when you put it under that temporary anesthetic, because that piece is metabolized, but his piece can't be metabolized. When you put it under that anesthetic, the wound gets deeper and the wound gets worse. And so now you need more than you needed before to get the same numbing effect. That's called addiction. And sometimes we turn to all kinds of things. It might not be a chemical at all. It might be shopping. What do you do when you feel bad? Hit checkout. Go to cart. 
Things feel better. No, they don't. Because in a few days, you can be right back in the same cart with a whole bunch of other stuff you don't need. So stop shopping and start praying. Start worshiping. Turn on some worship music. Seek the face of God. Empty that cart. Save the money for bills and stuff. And you will have a much better life. I promise. Much better. So it's not always chemicals. It's not always drugs. It's not always alcohol. It's not always, you know, prescription medication. It can be one relationship after another. It can be always having a crusade you have to fight politically. It can be always having something that you have to rage against. There's a lot of false narratives to healing. But God wants to give you the right one. Because he has come in this house to destroy the works of the enemy. He has come to tear down every stronghold and give you Zoe. Musicians, if you'd be kind enough to come. He has come to give you life and life more abundantly. He has come to destroy and expose all of the damage that every false God has done in your spirit, in your mind, and in your life. Because we all do it, man. We all turn to different things. We've all had that life and that experience. But I can tell you this. Once you really try Jesus, you will know forever that that is what you've been looking for. Because there's nothing like him. There's no one like him. And he has come in this house today to break down gates so that doors can open. And I'm here to tell you that if you're struggling with addiction, if you're struggling with an alternative lifestyle, if you're struggling with anything that a false God has created in you, he has blown down the gate and he's just waiting on you to open the door. And in this house, you can receive total freedom from anything that is binding you. Anything. Because here's what zoe means. It's lengthy, but it's the definition according to Strong's. To be possessed of vitality. Or to be possessed of the source of vitality. Of the absolute fullness of life. Both essential and ethical. Which belongs to God. And through him to the Logos and Christ, whom the Logos put on human nature. Life, real and genuine life, devoted to God, the source of life, blessed in the portion, even in this world, of those that put their trust in Christ. Zoe is to life what shalom is to peace. It's fullness of life. It's never needing anybody to feel complete again but Jesus. You don't need a relationship to make you complete. Your spouse does not complete you. Jesus completes you. 
I've been married to that gorgeous woman over there who just gets prettier and prettier while I get balder and balder. For 20 years, never been more in love. She's never been more beautiful. But she does not complete me. Not one day. And I do not complete her. We're completing him. He just happens to have joined us together so that we have become one. But I'm going to tell you something. There's no one, no relationship of any variety that will ever complete you. No man, no woman. No matter how good looking or how much money they have. Doesn't matter the kind of car they're driving, the house they drive it into, the status they have, they will let you down because they're frail and they're human and they're finite, just like all of us. So cease the search because you won't find it there. You won't find it in a bottle. We got a lot of people that have tried. We got thousands of bottles that have been emptied in the past of the people in this house. And every one of us can tell you what we were looking for wasn't there. You're not going to find it in a pill or a prescription. You're not going to find it in a gym or a health club. You're not going to find it in a country club. You're not going to find it with social media likes. You're not going to find it winning American Idol. You're not going to find it anywhere but the presence of Almighty God. That's it. That's what you were created for. And His presence is here in this house right now. As you stand to your feet, he stands ready to receive you.